Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey, Bobby, call now. We're the real world heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys to say, we told you so, but we told you so. (laughs) Okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made world... Put that cigarette out. (laughs) Put that cigarette out. Put that cigarette out. Put it out. Put it out. Put that god-stern cigarette out. Ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 9. I'm Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. How are you? I'm solid. How are you? Wonderful. Great to hear it. Well, uh, last week was a pretty weird one, huh, buddy? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it's fun, like, it was weird, not as in, like, one of those things you want to, like, run from, but one of those things you want to, like, think about, but it was still weird. It was like... This Book of Turner stuff is getting a little wacky, but I'll tell you what, I'm ready to move on. But, but, you know, like, it, uh, did, like, kind of, you know, at least, like, bring some intrigue to the show. Like, I had some positive interactions with Someone threatened to call the cops, you know, yeah, I, and, 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 I, and, you know, I was just like, hey, I think we're okay. Yeah. Which you agree we're okay. I mean, yeah, we're okay. I'm happy it's getting a reaction, but it's getting to the point where it's like, yeah, it, it, it's really kind of pissing me off. It is. I, I, I don't feel threatened, but I can understand your reaction. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's move on. And as MJF said last week, let's get the train back on the tracks here. on the tracks. And with that, Two. let's go right into NBA on TNT. Beaumont, a double dose of NBA on TNT this week. Huge week. Starting some, some would call it a, some would call it an overdose. I, I would not be one of those people, but some would. Yeah, but uh, not a, but not us, not us, not, not us, a, not, uh, not, not at all, not at all. Uh, 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 nope. Champions. Nope. Uh, not in a million years. It started on MLK Day. It's you know annual NBA tradition. They kind of have games on throughout the day. Um, so a, a triple header on NBA on TNT, an MLK Day matinee, if you will, mm. uh, starting with the Memphis Grizzlies defeating the Phoenix Suns 108 to 104. John Morant, who's recently come back, 17 points, 10 assists, two steals, leading the way for the Grizz, and DeAndre Ayton, 18 points, 16 boards, three assists for the Suns. The Suns got off to a hot start, slipping a little bit, but still looking okay, and. Grizzlies uh, on their way up with Ja back in the lineup. Yeah. No, I mean, Ja's excellent. He's a fun player to watch. I mean, they need him. Um, You know, definitely one of the best rising point guards in the league. Um, Phoenix Suns, what about um, Devin Booker? Yeah, he kind of had a bit of an off night, off shooting night. But, yeah, they're still, you know, still playing pretty solid. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, coming off that undefeated bubble season, you know, like definitely looking to make some noise for the first time in years. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of playoffs, these two teams' uh, potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup here. Brooklyn Nets defeats the Milwaukee Bucks 125 to 123. 
this was not yet the new Big Nets three. Um, Kyrie was out of the lineup this game, but it was Harden. Uh, and I can't remember if this was his Nets debut. I think it was. Yeah, maybe. Uh, 34 points, 12 assists, six boards. If it wasn't, it was his second game. Um, Giannis with the Bucks, 34, 12, and seven. Big, big games, but uh, the Nets eke it out uh, after breaking my heart this week. Oh, yeah, with Karis LeVert. But, I mean, obviously Karis LeVert had that big health scare, and apparently he said getting traded was, like, integral you know, to them finding out, you know, what was wrong with yeah. him and, like, nearly sure. saving his life, yeah. Because he had to have a physical and, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah um, so the Nets that I grew to love have broken apart and become a super team, but my boys Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie still there, although Spence out for the year. But, uh, yeah, my heart is no longer in Brooklyn. That's good stuff. You know, the Nets are edging us a little bit to mm-hmm. debut that big three. And the Bucs um, seem to have at least struggled from what I've watched on the NBA on TNT. Remember on BBB Live, on opening yeah. night, Giannis missed that free throw uh, yeah. to lose the game against the Celtics. So, yeah, you know, they have definitely a little, bit, a little bit more to come from the Bucks here on Thursday as well. So. All right. So, yeah. we'll, be, yep, we'll just be served right up. In the nightcap on MLK Eve, uh, Ning, Golden State Warriors 115, an upset over the Lakers 113. I couldn't have said that score any more clunky. But Steph Curry leading the way for the Warriors 26.7 assists. Anthony Davis, 17 points, 17 boards, seven assists, three blocks, and a losing effort. But a nice win for the Warriors here, uh, getting their way above 500. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Taking out the top team in the West. But, uh, yeah, let's act, let's move on to Thursday as the, the, the real – yeah, yeah. The, the, the last the, two teams we just discussed, the Lakers and Bucks, they get their own double dose of NBA on TNT this week. And the Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Bucs 113-106. LeBron bounces back after a poor night on Monday. 34 points, 8 assists, 6 boards. Giannis 25-12, 9 turnovers. So, uh, yeah, I think since we've been covering uh, the Bucks 0-3 on NBA on TNT, good point we, out we, by you, sir. Yeah, we should call them the Bunks. Oh! Or the you know, they've, they've been struggling on the NBA on TNT. Not Turner Darlings. At no, the moment, I must say. No. The anti-Darby. They're the team Taz of the NBA right now, uh, yeah. so to speak. Sounds about right. And in the nightcap on Thursday, the Utah Jazz defeats the New Orleans Pelicans 129-118. Donovan Mitchell, our guy, 36 points, seven boards, five assists, big wow. game. Zion Williamson, 27, three rebounds, two assists, but it's the seventh straight win for the Jazz. Yeah. And they moved to 11 and four on the season, tied for second in the West. Just a great, great start for Donnie and the Jazz. Yeah. And I mean, Donovan um, is the last big U of L star who's at least come through there. You know, he and Terry Rozier were like very close. Could you imagine if they would have played on the same team? I mean, they play the same position. Still would have knifed some people. Um, <laughs> Right. One thing that's notable, um, so Shaq, who of AEW Intrigue, you know, is, is going to be, you know, on there, had some choice words. Yeah, he had some choice words for Donovan Mitchell. Interesting. Um, yeah, in an interview. And he said, literally, I quote, I said tonight, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said wow. it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. Oh, so, so some... Some motivation from Shaq, perhaps, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah I kind of like that, actually. Uh, yeah, Don, yeah, Donovan responded, you know, with a lot of, you know, confidence. I forget exactly what he said. But, yeah, yeah no, it was certainly a, a statement that made waves. 
Yeah, and for all the listeners out there who don't know, Beaumont and I both graduates of the University of Louisville. Go Darts. Yeah. So that's why we are big fans of he and uh, the Jazz off to a nice start. So we will continue to monitor yeah. their progress. Sh- Shaq was channeling his inner Jade Cargill there. Oh, you bit. got that Jade right. Cargill light, I'd say, yeah. Woo! Woo! We'll get Woo. more into that later. But, uh, yeah, great time. Look into the NBA on TNT in Beaumont. Are you thrilled to hop aboard the Toot Toot train next week for some Snowpiercer? Yeah, I bought my tickets way in advance. And by way in advance, I meant five minutes before the train left. Oh, so, uh, I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to be sitting first class for Snowpiercer. And we are going to pierce the level of intrigue that this show may or may not have. All right, Beaumont. So this week we're going to bring back the Greg Goldman medal. And taking a couple week absence in yeah, the new we were, year, yeah, but we, we were like the Tokyo Olympics. We got canceled, <laughs> but we're still using the you know. We're the, bringing them back. This is the third one, even though we've had the Greg Goldman medals has existed for what like five episodes, yeah, something like that. Well, why yeah. don't you? I think I think you've got kind of a special award here yes, first, yeah. give it, because we took a little time off from this. We did, and this person was promised a golden me- medal, and he deserved it. This, there's no nepotism here, certainly. But but he is our friend, and we both know him in person. We yeah. hung out with him on New Year's. Um, he took the fame picture of us new year's eve yes, night yes, if you recall yeah, yeah. The, the one with cf Ferrella yeah. too chief um, will sanford wins the wald family award for meaningful online interaction wow that's yes. a morph world named after my godparents uh, julia and eric lawald the creators of the sweet. x-men animated series so sweet I love and what did that. william win it for he won because um for some reason, we got to talking about video games. It was hard to find the tweet. It was yeah, like it was from, a long time. Well, it's from 2020. Yeah, but pre yeah. pre New Year's at least. Yeah, and I um, post this quote um, that says, um, "You've met a terrible fate, haven't you?" For some reason, it was related to another one, and it was a quote from a game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Who knows this quote?" And nobody knew. Then Will Sanford comes in, and he's like, "Fucking Zelda Majora's Mask it fires a day." Yeah, and I'm like, "I love that game." And then come to find out. Um, when we went over there on New Year's, yeah. he's, he's crocheting a thing of Link. Yeah, cross stitching. Yeah. Cr- cr- cross stitching. It's been looked yeah. tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so like that. Not you know, he would have won it without that, but that just sent it to this special Lawaldi plane. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think this is well deserved. You know, this award won't be busted out all the time, but it is. It will be one. brain busted. Yeah. Out. It will be brain busted. Out. It will be busted into your brain. Well, why don't you give, surgically? Why don't you give us this week's Greg Goldman Medal Award winner? All right. This Greg Goldman Medal Award winner goes to Greg Butt Newish. Wow, a Greg. Uh, yeah, yeah, another Greg. Uh, you know, and you would think old there, Greg. You would think there is bias, but uh, there is no bias here. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, it certainly primed him for it. You know, whenever, like, you know, it, it doesn't hurt him. Yeah. But um, um, Twitter handle, at GregAir13. He's got a picture of Minnesota, some Minnesota Vikings in there. Okay, go Mike Zimmer. Um, but it looks like he's British or English because he spells, or Canadian, he spells favorite with the U. Mm. What's your favorite alternative word for drunk? Example, hammered. Um, and I answer tied one on. That is a good one. Yeah, which and I love. Underutilized that. by me for oh, sure. Oh yeah, but that's and, and, a good and, and tons one. of puns too. It's like you know, do you um, you know recognize you know China as the real China, the People's Republic of China as the real China, or is it Thai? Oh, one? you know things like Didn't. that. Yeah, so so tons of fun with that. 
So I say that, but then he, you know, fires back. Doesn't that nor, or more, sorry, put nor, refer to the party or no? Example, I tied one on with the boys last night. And then I respond, I think it may refer to the place and state of intoxication. At least that's how I've always looked at it. Mm. Then he goes, I need an example here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, like your example, I tied one on with the boys last night. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I feel like the notion of being intoxicated is implied in that statement. Right? (laughs) And then, you know, I I didn't want to be me. Yeah. You know, because if I would have left it like that, that would have been dead. Me, you, and Will tied one on New Year's, that's for sure. Viciously. And it was just the three of us. It was a, as small of a get-together you know, as it was. you can have. But it was a wonderful New yeah. Year's oh, Eve. Oh, yeah, which I want to do New Year's like that, because New Year's is always the night of big, unfulfilled plans. It was great, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, but yeah, I was beside the point. So fulfilled. All right, Tying so, one on with a Goldman so, medal. So there. in that same tweet where I throw his sentence back at him, I say, how about you ready to go tie one on? Could be anywhere, but the constant here is being drunk. And then, ah, yes, it makes sense. And then we have an award called the Greg Goldman Medal for our podcast Twitter Exchange of the Week. Most weeks, we've forgotten it the last two episodes. Lol. <laughs> it's safe to say that this exchange is a strong candidate for this week's. And then he goes, it damn well better be. And you damn well won, Greg. Yeah, and you damn well won, Greg. And uh, congrats. Welcome, welcome to the Goldman Club. Yes, it is you and Meredith Silverman and Mama Moose. And, and Will Sanford. And, Will, oh, and the LaWalds, too. Yeah, yeah. The LaWalds the, 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 the have their name on Your two Your godparents. It's a LaWald world. It's a La... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so one more announcement here, Beaumont. Uh, People have been batting down the hatches asking uh, when we're going to do another BBB Live. And uh, it's going to be right around the corner here on February 3rd for AEW Dynamite Beach Break. Where we'll finally get to see our girl Thunder Rosa go toe-to-toe with that Steelers fan, Britt Baker. That's a match that has been festering for a long time. Bubbling. Bubbling for a long time. And then we get... um, you know, hit watches. Oh, potentially you know, pre- the culmination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we'll it, get more yeah, into that yeah, here it, during it's, Dynamite. It's premier, but... like, moment, you know, since its existence. Yeah, so we figured yes. it was a good time to get back to the live airwaves, so be on the lookout for more news about that one. We're excited. Yeah, we'll have a lot of fun. You know, we love to interact with our audience for how to, now that we're more seasoned at it, so... Mm. Uh, should be a lot of fun. It's going to be uh, a geek. We are thrilled to the nines. To the nines. To the nines. Yup. Today's, if you recall, we're going back to Royal Rumble 1992. Tis, tis the Royal Rumble season, Beaumont, and uh, this is my favorite Royal Rumble of all time, and uh, it sure was a Oh, hoot. yeah, yeah, you know, like, there, it has an enthusiasm um, and an energy that can't be put out. It's, you got that right, and a tremendous commentary and a great storyline. Yeah, we'll yeah, no, no, in- no, just, just, just a lot of, like, fun... Uh, you know, obviously the match was very dramatic, but a lot of fun things peppered in there. Very colorful, very fun. Yeah. we got a lot to say about it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah it, it's it, going to be a fun one to dive into. for sure. And yeah, today's yeah. movie, good old Central Intelligence, oh, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> and uh, Kevin Hort. Remember, we first thought it was called Super Intelligence, Yeah, right? I, bonked, yeah I bonked that one. Yeah. Not Super, but, very far from Super wait, Intelligence. So if it were the same movie, but it were called Super Intelligence, would you be more upset? <laughs> With like what you see, probably yeah. yeah, I would be too. I'd feel like it was a sham, but it's it, still kind of a sham. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, like, you but know, anyway, it's far away from central. But credit to Turner for airing this fine film, oh. of course. You know, yeah, um, it was uh, you know something that you turn the TV on 
It's and you turn the volume up and you watch it. Quality programming. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, oh shit. Oh, your your belt. Ah, we to talk about your yes, belt. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did share a picture yeah. on Twitter yeah. last that, week when I got dank, it. Man. But it's I ordered heavy. a, you know, replica TNT championship belt, my first wrestling belt that I've owned. That's right, it's right. Very there. excited. Yeah, we got uh the plates on the side. It's like this old building. We didn't know what it was. We find out it is called Terra on Techwood. Terra on Techwood. T on T, kind yeah. of the home of where the network was birthed. Just great history yeah. there. Yeah. Um, the Turner um Acropolis. Yes, sir. You know, yes, <laughs> yes it, sir. Yes, it is. And it's on the, uh, is it not on Georgia Tech's campus? It's, uh, I think, very close. Very yeah, close. it's like okay. the Midtown area. It's, it's at Azar, right? Or from yeah. Azar. But yeah, just very excited to have this and obviously, uh, you know, wanted to kind of ease uh, what was going on with the execs here. And, yeah, and uh, you gave them some money. But, and, yeah. they, and they give you a nice piece of equipment, so I think it was a you know fair trade. Yeah, I'd say so, so. how much do you think that thing weighs? Like, is it? It's I bet it's heavy as fuck to put yeah, on your shoulder. Yeah, it's probably like 15, 20 pounds. Because I paid the extra money to get the thicker yeah. brass. You yeah. know, you should you should put it on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you put it on? Yeah, let's put it on. Yeah, are let's you get gonna... a picture. Yeah. What the heck is that? What the fuck? Are you expecting somebody or something? Did you did you get uh, pizza? No, no. I mean, no, hopefully no, someone didn't hit your no, car no. mirror again here. <laughs> Maybe it's a La Rosa Cincinnati pizza we ordered like two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. yeah and they what just is got this? It. All right, give all right. me a second here. I'll go figure this all out. Right, all right. Good luck out there. Uh, yeah, how can I help you, sir? Like a good day to hit, son. Hey. How you doing? It's a fine day yeah, outside today. Um, Gold fine. star How last three times. I am peachy. Oh, to Cincinnati oh, pizza the week before. Uh, you have a minute to speak about yeah. a subject that I find. Uh, no, not really, man. We're recording a podcast up here, and uh, yeah, it's not a good time. Well, so, so before you shut the door, what? Something. One second out of your day. Have you ever read the book of Turner? What? what? No. Oh, no, hold no, on, please, hold stay on. away. Sir, 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 no, please, no, please. no, no, get, I, I don't, no, 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 Hey, 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 stop, stop, stop. We'll take it. No, dude, come on. Come Whoa, on. no, 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 here, just give it, give no, it. No, just, no, come on, come on. Get to no, the, give, enough give, of this. Give enough. it here, give it here, enough. go, go. No, 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 I got it, 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 I got it. Why? What do you think it has, a tracking chip in it? Yes, at this point, yes. I don't know, like, okay, here's my thing. Be like pumping gas or something, and the rock's gonna have like a good job, you know. Have lost all because oh, the weight. rock was fat as shit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That horrible CGI, yeah. too. Is that him? Yeah. Just naked fat. How do those kids not get like just expelled? Yeah, you know? well, the uh -oh. teachers are loving Everyone's loving it. Oh, he kind of sucks now. This is central intelligence. Yeah. Films. Fucking. I wish it was super intelligent. Yeah, but I mean, if it was super intelligent, it'd be like, it would have to be better. Like, this is just a fucking marriage counselor. Right now, that's one of the barbershops. That's what we're talking about. 
kind of joke is that? <laughs> Calvin. This movie is fucked. Alright, Belmont AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. It started yes, with the birthday party for Negative One, uh, mm. Brody Lee Jr. Uh, you know, it's cool that he's still, you know, heavily involved on television. Again, like, this close to his father's death, like, he's getting to do really cool oh, yeah. shit. And, and, and like, happy they did it for him. Yeah, it was know? awesome. Yeah, yeah, his, and, you know, and, his mom was there, his brother, like, yeah. and again, genuine, like, heartfelt good stuff well, here. Well, and I think you could, sit, like, somebody on the outside looking in could say, you know, leave him alone. They yeah. do. But I feel like one good thing that wrestling does, and they're doing this with weddings with, um, Kick and um, Pip and Pip or Penelope Ford. Pip. <laughs> With Kick and Pip's. <laughs> Here we go again. So with kick and pips wedding, you know there's gonna be like you know tomfoolery. Oh there. yeah, but like that's wrestling. It's wrestling. wrestling, yeah. You know, and and, and I think, again, you can tell and, and this really is cool. genuine joy for him, and yeah. like he's gonna be, you know, he's been signed, yeah. but you know they have him carried him out on like a human right, throne. Right. Uh, and of note, John Silver takes the microphone, so I think you know, official, you know, unofficially, the now new de facto leader. Talking about them having a handsome cowboy recruit later yep. in the night. Teeing it up. Yep. He uh, said Johnny Hungy. Johnny Hungy. And then, yep. like, right before we went into the next thing, he said a skiddly diddly do. Yeah. And they did, did the happy birthday song. Yeah. The whole crowd sang Very nice. happy birthday. Very nice. And then Luther and Serpentico of the Chaos Project. That, that's their name, the Chaos Project? Yeah, who okay. jobbed out to Snoop Dogg last week, yeah. come out. And they're getting ready to have the match with Dark Order. And uh, Luther's like, this place is becoming nothing but a daycare center. <laughs> Which is kind of a geek. Yeah. And so before like this even really got going, you're like, because there's the birthday cake. And uh, you're like, someone's going through that cake. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the classic, like, teed up. It's there yeah. in the center. Served right up. Served right up, yeah. And uh, Luther came out and the crowd's chanting, you look stupid. Just yeah, yeah. killing him. Great. And... Uh, they're like, at the Chaos Project, we don't like children. And Shivani's like, what? <laughs> you know what's funny about the name Chaos Project, I just realized? What's that? Like, you know, I think they want to be chaos. But being the project means they're not all the way there yet. They're, like, actively working and on it. it shows. Like, like, it? like, they are still, like, firmly, like, in order. You know? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. They're in the planning yeah, phase. Yeah, yeah, they're in the planning, not all the way there. Yeah. You know? But Luther ends up going through the cake. I think it was 10 that maybe put him through. And then yeah. Hangman comes out and jumps on, you know, it, it turns into chaos. Yeah. The hybrid two come out. Right. Which leads us into match number one. Which was a fun, like, organic, you know, from promo-ish yeah. thing into the match. Right into the match. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought that was well done. And the match was Hangman Page and the Dark Order defeating the Chaos Project and the Hybrid 2 in 6 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, it was a bit of a chaotic match. I, I wrote fun and sloppy. Yeah, it was definitely sloppy. Yeah. There was uh, some moves. I remember they did like a three-person suplex thing the Dark yeah. Order did, and it just looked awful. Like yeah. they kind of botched it. Um, the Jobbers dominated early on. Uh, Hangman got the hot tag and cleaned house. We got the flying apple by Colt Cabana. If yeah. you remember that, <laughs> just kind of geeked us out. Um, well, yeah, what you got any other thoughts on this? I, mean, I have a few I wrote, other um, notes, I, but I wrote everyone everywhere. Very, very <laughs> dramatic. Um, and I guess one thing to kind of tie back, we always talk about how AEW likes to begin with those um, 
tag team matches. Fast paced, high and, energy. And last week, and who was it again last it week? It was Pack and Kingston. Pa- great match. Great match. But yeah. it was not that. Yeah, slower and more dramatic. And there was one the week before that was the Young Bucks, and um, it was it was a really crowded match. Like yeah. It was. Yeah, and like that one was like a bit too busy yeah. for me. And this one was like fun enough and dramatic enough that I could kind of ignore the sloppiness, the crowdedness. Yeah, still pretty quick, but I like I don't know. I was able to follow it a lot better and just kind of sink my teeth into the stakes. Yeah, and we're all we're big dark order guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I thought uh, I thought this was done better than that, even though like your young bucks and them are like probably better wrestlers. Yeah, you know, in terms of tag team than than who was out there. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, And also, I've kind of jumped the gun. The cake was during the match. Uh, remember negative one hit Luther with the kendo yeah, stick yeah, yeah. up at the top, and then Colt Cabana put him through the cake. I, I, I put I called Luther bald idiot right here. <laughs> and and like yeah. and it was a shitty Kroger cake too. I hope yeah. he put him through the big rose that yeah. like you want to eat when you're eight. And we're gonna like get you some get ro- the slice. We're gonna with get the some rose coming later. Oh yeah. Shit, uh, uh, but yeah, so then there was a very nice team finishing move by Silver Reynolds and Hangman. It yep. was like a buckshot lariat into the German suplex into the shotgun pin. Yep. For the one, two, three. Neato, neato. neato. Um, and so then, you know, this was all culminating in yeah. Will Hangman join the Dark Order. He said he would give his announcement this week. Uh, Silver, you know, he gets the mic. He's like, you're handsome. You have nice hair. And I really like you. And he gets down on his knee and he's like, will you join the Dark Order? And before Hangman can even really get it out, he's like, I can't, man. And then the screen pops up. up. He said yes. Confetti. Fun, positive, celebratory music. Yeah, and they're waving it off. They're like, no, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty well done, I thought. Yeah. And Hangman played it well. Like, he, you could tell it, you know, it hurt him a little bit to not say yes, but you know, he's like, I just, I just, I tried the group thing and that didn't work out for me, so I got to keep riding solo. And I mean, yeah. And like, I thought, like, that tension was really well done. And, um, you know, it could have gone either way. We wanted him to join Dark Order. Yeah. I don't know how you felt if you were like 50, 50, I 60, think, 40 I, on it. I wanted it. to see a minute. Like, I think it could have been an interesting little run do, for do him. Do you think it was like a 50? you think like the real expected to happen like a 70, 30? Yeah, 60, like, 40. 60, yes, 40. Think, okay, that, but, that, that's what I'd say. And who too. knows? Maybe it could continue. You know, who knows I'm where sure we go will. from here. Yeah. But the, you know, the little cherry on top was mm-hmm. Hangman grabbing the, bo- yeah. the the alcohol from Stu yeah. Grayson on the way out, which we haven't really, you know, he has been drinking, but he, we haven't seen that right rock bottom side yeah. again so. so so maybe we're heading toward that but his arc's got you know some twists and turns that like i'm not aware of like what path we're taking yeah like where's um, he headed at revolution yeah you know? it's it definitely gonna be uh definitely gonna be interesting uh one thing i guess before we uh get out of this match is uh this is what i'm gonna call a uh, retroactive plot match <laughs> because um you know going into it we just think it's gonna be like a fun little like the, the, like his birthday yep. and then you know that turns into like them popping the question to Hangman. Yep. So like, if that's a plot match, I don't know what is. And that becomes a theme here. Yeah. Oh. And Please, yeah. from one plot match to another, with Marvez backstage with Jericho and MJF. Yeah. MJF doing some classic heel stuff, saying Marvez's breath smells like something crazy rat. I don't know. Oh, I couldn't oh, even oh, write oh, it oh, down. Oh. It was so quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rat. Rat orgy. Yeah. It was something rat, and it was <laughs> yeah, sex. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Marvez asks if there's dissension mm-hmm. and, you know, MJF's like, Jericho brings us together. We're going to move forward as a unit. And then Jericho's like, exactly, you dumb idiot. Yeah, dumb idiot. And I wrote that there. Yep. And then, uh, 
We had uh, Tony Skiavone and his bubble vest in the ring and just really leaning into the meme. Yeah. This is Sting! You know, and like... All okay, right, Tony. Most people want him to do it, so he's going to do it. Yeah. And I totally understand why. And yeah. I totally understand why AEW wants to keep pushing that. Um, yeah, I mean, dramatically, it's, it's getting tired. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting tiring... Like dramatically and aesthetically, but yeah. like it, it's it's a it's a tool, it's a marketing tool, yeah. you know. And, and I get it, and so the, I feel like I should just stop complaining about it because I understand. It's going to keep what, happening. Well, and I just know what it is now. Yep. You know. So yeah. this is Sting, you know, coming on the heels of hitting Ricky Stocks with the bat yeah. last week, which led Dobby to defeat Brian Cage for the old Turner Boy belt. Yeah. Uh, Sting rocking the Brody Lee shirt, which I thought yeah. was nice, the one that Good. I actually got too. Great touch. Um, he's he comes out and he's like. Uh, you know, Darby's out there. He's like, it reminds me about me in you. Yeah, just, in, in you. And he's like, I wanted to be the first one in public to congratulate you. It's kind of lame. Yeah. Uh, but Sting's like, you know, I, I had no intention of getting involved. I wanted to make sure Darby had a straight up chance. And then, shut up, Sting. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Shut up. He's like, fair fight my ass. You attacked Ricky. And you know, mention how, you know, uh, Darby wrapped the belt around Cage. He's like, you guys fight dirty. He's like, you guys fight street style, uh -huh. but we've been gentlemen. You yeah. Know? And obviously they're the heels and it's just great heel stuff right. from Taz here. Balls in your court, bitches. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I grew up in the streets. These guys are street fighters. And he's like, I say we take it to the streets. And then, yeah, yeah. balls in your court, bitches. Yeah. Uh, and it was, um, it was great. You know, and I love him up on the big screen too. And you get oh, his yeah. face, you see like his sort of emotive mouth yeah and yeah. hook actually looked he uh, did yeah yeah you, know, you see his face you if i got the first i'm like okay now i can kind of see how he'd be taz's yeah. son yeah he, do, yeah, but he yeah, looks yeah. young as ha i mean he's yeah. probably early 20s oh yeah that. yeah yeah so like for our hook look update <laughs> oh hook look our hook look that's update. good that's yeah, real good um, for hook look yeah i thought he looked okay you know like <laughs> He his looked kind of tough. Well, he, didn't wear, he didn't wear that hat that, like, put down. He has nice hair. Yeah. Like, nice color. Yeah, he looked good. He wasn't good wearing the Punisher. Yeah, he wasn't wearing the Punisher sweater. Um, well, and, yeah, he. I mean, he looked like he was part of them. Yeah. And not just some, like, I agree. guy who's there who I don't know why he's there, but I know he's there because I, I watched the I think more to episode. come with yeah. Hook. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so they're taught, you know, Taz mentioned street fight, street fight, street fight. So then Sting kind of whispers into Darby's ear and hands him the microphone. And he's like, you want to take it to the streets, Team Taz? Be careful what you wish for because it just might happen. And we learned just earlier today that that match has been made official for Revolution. Fight, it is Sting and Darby Allen against Brian Cage and Ricky Stocks in a street fight. And, well, the question has been answered. Sting will be wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, in a quote-unquote street fight, whether it's presented as a cinematic match or not, like, you know, these are always the kinds of matches old-timers have because they don't have to, like, take any bumps or do any, like, real moves. It's just kind of a brawl with weapons. But right. I hope it's a cinematic match because I think they can do that in a cool way. And that's kind of been a recent trend in wrestling that you probably haven't seen a ton of. Right. I'll show you some good ones. Uh, oh, like Delete? Delete! Yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah, that, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one for sure. Yeah, so like pre-taped, edited, like that's kind of how you can hide some flaws too. Uh, but I'm excited. I think it'll be cool. I just hope, you know, Sting can hang and can go. And yeah. I think that cinematic style would lend to that. But I'm intrigued. How about you? Yeah, I'm intrigued. You know, I think like it just depends what where people's expectations are. Because you hear people complain about Jericho stuff all the time. And I know Jericho like 
won the AEW title, was the first winner of it, mm -hmm. correct? And, um, you know, people, I guess, like, you know, have expected a little bit more out of him. Hopefully people sort of set the bar at an appropriate level for Sting. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it's understood, uh, you know, the cinematic match thing, I think, sounds on point. And <laughs> plot match. <laughs> plot match. <laughs> like, sorry. And but, yeah. The plot continues to thicken here yeah. as we head to sunglasses, Marvez. Oh, yeah. No, like lens crap or yeah. sunglasses. Like <laughs> With, the ones that darken. Yeah. That are your normal glasses. With the Young Bucks outside Kenny's home. Yeah. And uh, the Young Bucks, like, they don't know what they're doing there. And they mm -hmm. walk in and like, Kenny, Kenny. And we see Michael Nakazawa yeah. with a laptop walking around like, oh yeah. oh, yeah, Kenny's over here. And then they're like. What the hell? And yeah. it is a painting mm -hmm. of Kenny and Don Ke Dan Callis, shirtless, yep. all jacked. Yep. And they're like, what is this? And then all of a sudden Dan comes in. He's like, oh, I got this commission for Kenny for his birthday. Yeah. Don't you think it's pretty cool? <laughs> and, and they're like, his birthday was in October. Like, well, And he's like, oh, I'm surprised you haven't gotten anything yet. Yep. And then he's like, oh, I'm just ribbing you guys. And then Matt Jackson's like, ribbing us? Blah, blah. And he's complaining, like, what was that last week when he replaced the Good Brothers in right, their right, match? Right, right, right. And he's like, oh, well, I heard something in my ear from the production truck, and I don't hear very well. So he's just healing it up big yeah. time here. Um, you know, this kind of culminates in, like, you know, him saying, uh, you know, do you have Kenny's new number? And yeah, like all these sort of like things where it's like, I know Kenny better than you. Correct. Like, like, you, like the young you're, bucks being pushed away. Yeah, yeah, you're on the outside and you're not in the in our inner circle. So I to hate speak. to use that yeah, term, but, but you know, I know yeah, it, yeah, 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 you know You're not I mean. part yeah. of the family. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, the, the inner um, saying, oval. You know, he's there. saying yeah. like, Kenny's too busy. And then they take Marvez to the dungeon. Yeah, they did. Because Marvez is just with him, and he and he says, "Knock to get Marvez to the dungeon." <laughs> and he's like, "The dungeon." And the zooms right in on Marvez's face. He's the like, "The dungeon." The dungeon. And um, you know what I like? So think about how nice that house was. Oh, you know yeah. what the dungeon probably is. It probably is a laundry room in like a finished walkout oh, basement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, with like a nice washing machine. You know, the ones that stand on top of each other. But a, just they, the make him stand there in the dark. The beginning of a big Marvez episode here. Big time. Uh, but you know, Dion's like, you've known Kenny for twelve years. That's a tremendous investment. And he pulls out a checkbook and he's like, I want to compensate you for your investment in Kenny's friendship. And the young bucks are like, yeah, we made that much last week. Yeah. Like, what, you know, oh, he's like, oh, the merch, you guys are big merch. And he writes a little more. And the young bucks are like, oh, well, we used to work for that company you came from. And I know these checks aren't any good. And he rips it up. Yeah. So. But uh, it ended with Don calling them bloodsuckers and leeching. And he's like, don't you take your anger out on me. And then the segment ended. But intriguing, you know, the young bucks being pushed away. Um, and they're going to be forced to team with the Good Brothers next week. So, interesting. First of a lot of good promos in this episode. Plot show. Plot show. <laughs> Big time. Better paced plot show. Yeah. The yeah, matches yeah. maybe weren't the greatest. And, they're, you know, everything wasn't the best. But there was some good storyline development. Exactly. Match number two. Cody Rhodes defeats pretty Peter Avalon in 9 minutes 14 seconds. Uh, the match went too long, you know, classic Cody letting his opponent get offense in. He let him get a lot. Yeah. And for, it wasn't, for, again, for a jobber. It, yeah, it wasn't bad, but yeah, it's like, come on, Peter Avalon started his AEW career literally like 0-23. Like, that was his story, as he yeah. couldn't win. Wow. And he's kind of doing this new pretty gimmick, and it's fine, but like, nine minutes and getting that much offense in. Right. You know, kind of standard, uh... 
But we did get to see um, Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill out. came out and, um, you know, teeing that, up what we see, you know, um, or I guess what we saw in a promo later is Cody and Shaq. Yeah, there's going to be some address something. next week. So yeah. that's at least interesting. Yeah. Um, and that led to P- Peter kicking Cody in the nuts and taking that control. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get a new one, Beaumont, yeah. during this match. A gift-wrapped, smelling good, picture-in-picture. Picture. Oh, man. So I, I wanted two possibilities here. Yep. Like either the gift is something that smells. Yep. Which like kind of partially means it could rot. So it could smell, you know, it could smell bad, you know, very soon. Or maybe JR is just on to scratch and sniff wrapping paper. Maybe. Possible. <laughs> we shall find, at least it's not an infestation. I mean, I, 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 oh yeah. I mean, if you can make barbecue sauce, you can make uh, scratch and sniff wrapping paper. It's just downstream from that. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, the, I did think this mo- this match had a funny, unique ending. I agree. Uh, we all kind of agreed with that. You know, Cody had the figure four in, and he kind of cocked his arm back like he was going to hit Avalon, and being pretty Peter Avalon, didn't want his face to be hit, so he tapped out immediately. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. And, and see, that's a good character moment. That's gonna exactly. that's going to help him. Yeah. You know, even like it was a unique finish. Yeah, it was, and even beyond like the good showing, like the classic Cody letting his opponent. Yep showcase themselves in the beginning yeah yeah and like this like you know was like a good definitive ending for him a good definitive loss would you call that a a plot point for mr yeah 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 a definite plot point a good definitive loss gdl uh (laughs) there it is um excalibur starts talking about burt krishna or uh, hot a burt <laughs> krishna hot a burt krishna that was funny uh Back, there's a Tully Blanchard brainbuster uh, FTR promo calling them numero uno. They need the belts. Uh, Jungle Boy comes up with the Jurassic Express kind of going off last week and basically saying, I can beat either one of you. And uh, Dax Harwood is like, oh, yeah, right. And, you know, it kind of leads to, okay, next week we're going to get Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. Um, and Luchasaurus is like, well, I'll be at ringside to make sure no one gets involved. So I think that'll be a good match. Um, you yep. know, should be definitely better than last I, week. I want to see Jurassic Express be like, you know, like how you talk You'll about the You'll see Jungle and not, Boy. And, and not a punchline. So Jungle Boy will be good in this match. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, excited yeah. to see it. Yeah. Um, so now we head to Hit Watch. Hit Watch. Hit Watch. Hit Watch. Oh, Moxley hit Dan Callis. Our first appearance, where I think you set, put us at a carnation pink here. Yeah. As we have, oh, oh, uh, we, oh we started off at a carnation. Yeah, pink. just because I mean, we know Moxley's about well, to come. Well, out. And considering what happened last time, it would not go all the way down to just like a faint light pink. Yeah, you know we're, what I'm we've kind of reached that threshold. Mm-hmm. But we have Moxley in his first match since losing the title on December second, um, and this is match number three. John Moxley defeats Nick Camarado yeah. in three minutes fifty-seven seconds by referee's decision. Choked him out. Yep. Um, again, sm- short match here, but Camarado got a lot of offense and big boy. Yeah, he did. Um, ha- hairy chest battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moxley rocking the hairy chest. Yeah, rare in twenty twenty-one. You know, this day and age, you get wrestlers with the hairy chest. He kind of looked like I-, I was talking to some guy on Twitter. You know, um, you've seen Revenge of the Nerds, right? Oh yeah. You know the big Booger? football player? No, not Booger. Oh, no. But the football player you know when john goodman's like you all lost to a bunch of nerds oh, yeah. nerds it's and, there, and the football time. player who's just like he's like his name's like ogre yeah or something. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah he okay. looks he looks just like yeah him. it's been a long time but that yeah and they mention how he's the only one to step up and sign the contract to find mox fight moxley he can bench press 600 pounds they, they're touting his academic accomplishments so maybe more to come from mr camarado and he looked pretty good in this match but 
Um, again, he got a lot of offense in, but Moxley, you know, he had some hard kicks to the chest. Uh, Camarado ate a fucking lariat at yeah. one point. Looked pretty tight, but yeah, choked him out with the sleeper hold, and uh, that was that. But uh, but that but, but that was more than that. So um, <laughs> so he grabs the microphone. We immediately move up to a rose. Yep, there we go. Yeah, hit watch moves up to a rose, and he says anything can happen on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, which then hit watch like moves like it's you teetering know, a yeah, yeah, bit. it's teetering closer to a hot pink. I'm not there yet. Yeah. He's like, things are getting crazy. I can't keep track of everything. He's like, you know, your frat bro, Kenny, your frat bros from Nashville are coming in here talking about the good brothers and how he wants more blood, more necks to break, more limbs to snap. And and I like the end of this. This was good, like Moxley promo. So he said, you can bring people from Nashville, Japan, Mexico, but all roads and wrestling lead through me. And then he starts doing push-ups in the ring. Yeah, yeah, well stated. So, I mean, during those push-ups, I think we got really, really close to a hot pink. (laughs) But it was a tease, so I think we moved back into rows and we stay in rows uh, for a period of time. But just good good Moxley promo here. And, you know, this build has been strong. Yeah, yeah, and and we know where Hitwatch is going. We know Hitwatch at uh, Beach... Beach Break. Beach Break. I want to keep calling it Bash of the Beach. But uh, Beach Break, you know, Which that... Which know the main event of that will be Kenny and the Good Brothers against Moxley, yeah. Pac, and Phoenix. Which we expected to be at a fire engine red, perhaps throughout the entire show. Yeah. Obviously, we'll keep you updated since then. But, uh, but no, Hitwatch had a week off um, this week after, you know, what was a very, yeah, we like, were... fluctuating oh, yeah. last we week on the Hitwatchometer, big time. Yep. Good stuff. So we head to Dasha Gonzalez back with Eddie Kingston. She announces that he will fight Lance Archer one-on-one next week, which should be good. And he's like, I don't prepare. I just fight. Uh, but Archer comes up. He's basically like, Pack, beat your ass. I'll put your ass down. And then they just start yelling and screaming in each other's faces. Yep. And uh, Jake Roberts, uh, uh, fucking Kingston's like, get your boy away. And Jake's like, boy. And Kingston's like, yeah. yeah. It was pretty tight. But Quick, easy, and then Jake ends up saying, bite me, and we're done. and Just more great kings and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, who's he fighting? Lance Archer. Lance Archer, yeah, I yeah, hope yeah. Kingston gets the win, but I feel like Archer wins, or maybe Pac comes out. You know, we've talked about that potentially being a triple like, are, threat. Are, are, like, are they really going to kind of have a Eddie Kingston? I guess he did fight for the title of Full Gear, but yeah. like... Like a downward, like lose, lose, lose. Yep. You know, and then he kind of does something drastic and dramatic. I guess I could see that going, yeah. but I do want to see him to win. I would like say Archer is yeah. probably the favorite though, but we'll okay. see. So, okay. and then we get Marvez again with a beautiful, vibrant purple shirt, Kenny Omega, and uh, Marvez is like, I want to get your thoughts on what happened at the beach earlier today. And Kenny's like, I wasn't at the beach, no comment. And he's like, Oh well, we were at your house. Kenny's like, you're at my house? What? That's an invasion of privacy. He's like, get out of here. Like, Marvez constantly just kind of being shooed away by people at this one. But he ends up going in the bathroom, and Don's or Dan is in the bathroom, and Kenny's kind of dancing in. He's like, hey, Mr. Callis. And we see that Dan's side of his face is, like, yellow and oh, bruised. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's bruised, yeah. And we're like, gosh, I hope Moxley didn't hit him if off it, screen. If it would have happened off screen, like, we would have to, like, you know. That would have been devastating. Oh, we'd have to, like, throw Hitwatch's body into the sea. <laughs> like, that would have just been a uh, Class A bummer. Yeah, so know? Kenny's like, what's that on your face? And Don's like, oh, it's my glasses. I, and he's like, I had an accident earlier. He's like, who did this? I don't want you. But and then he starts talking about Nick and Matt. And he's like, oh, don't. And Kenny's like, what, Nick and Matt? And, the, and Marvez is like, are you saying Matt and Nick Jackson did this? And then Diane's face like, just get, what, just get Mar- out of here. What are you what doing in here, Marvez? What are you get doing out here? Of here? I think, did he call him a pervert or yeah, something like that? Something ridiculous. Yeah. And, and that was that. Yeah. So again, more plot. 
movement here. You yeah, know, Kenny, tons of it. Young Bucks, Callis, like it's it's getting yeah, interesting. Yeah, they covered a lot of ground with them without them being really in a match. Yep. And I thought, you know, they showcased that well. Match four. Matt Hardy and Private Party defeat Matt Seidel and Top Flight in eleven minutes and fifty-nine seconds. Um it was good to see Private Party really leaning into the heel role here. They definitely did. They got a win on Impact. Mm -hmm. They're kind of angling to challenge the Good Brothers. Um, intriguing stuff here. The match, solid. There are some botches in it for sure. Yeah. Top Flight looked good again. You know, some good moments from them oh, for yeah. sure. Skivone, um dropped a term that I think should stick around because I think this is he drop kick city. Oh yeah. The top flight. I yep. think that's pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Like I really that I, was a good one. Yeah, I, re I really like that term. I like think it's gonna stick. Um so I, I'm speaking definitely of that real I'm quick, gonna be part of making in it. In New stick. Japan, Okada does a great drop kick and Don Callis actually when he was on commentary, he was famous for going, that goddamn drop kick again. So that's <laughs> kind of what drop kick city reminded me yeah. of just to kind of connect back to Oh, and, that, and that's kind of like Skeevone, like not liking Dan Callis. But I don't yeah, think it know. had anything to do with that, but I just thought that was well, kind of cool. I'm going to forcibly make um, that so, though. But yeah, we start to see the true heel tendencies of Private Party here. Uh, there was a cool triple Boston Crab by Top Flight and Seidel, but there were some botches in this match. We did get a just a simply beautiful picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah. Um, and then when we came back, we actually had JR say, the plot thickens. He did. So, like, obviously. Cementing this as a plot show. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he knows. And he listens yeah. to his show. He knows. Duh. And he makes barbecue sauce. Yep. So, we had a double double Rana by Seidel. Darius Martin gets the hot tag. As I mentioned, that he's a big striker, and he's just crushing people. Hits mm -hmm. a one-man Spanish fly, suicide dive. So this one kind of just goes into chaos, it, you know, moving pretty quickly, a lot of big moves. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy gets a chair, he ends up hitting Dante Martin of Top Flight, and Mark Quinn kind of had that smile on his face. Yeah, so yeah. again, just like digging into that heel. Yeah, that, 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 that was the moment. And, and then Quinn hit a huge shooting star press. And I remember, I think it was Tony is like, I can't believe this is the same two kids that upset the Young Bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, really kind of just playing into it. Um, and yeah, and after the match, they kind of had the post down, beat down. Uh, Matt Hardy gave all three of them the twist of fate. It didn't look that great, but again, good movement here. G good movement, and this was a full ninety degree heel turn. For like sure. starting from that chair, like like it, it was beginning there, like forty five degrees, but at that chair, like we were entrenched. And then the smile, the smile. That's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So 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 good, uh, good plot movement for them. Mm -hmm. Plot show. Plot show. And then we have MJF back in the inner circle locker room. He's like, if it were up to me, we wouldn't be having this match. But Chris is our leader and what he says goes. And Sammy gets up and gets in the face of MJF. He's like, if I had my way, this things would be a lot different. But MJF, again, calm and, you know, I love you guys. We have to be family to move forward. I respect you. I'm not a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically, like, let's get this out of the way. And he kind of tries to give Sammy the knucks. And he's like, we're not there we're yet. We're not there yet. And, like, one thing MJF has done really well throughout this that I think has only kind of grown and been embellished um, the more, deeper we get into this inner circle story is that he veers really well between, you know, being sort of an agitator heel mm -hmm. and being genuine. And Comfort I think, comforting. Yeah, and comforting, yeah. And, and like, it creates this disorienting effect. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, we do know where it goes, and we do know ultimately, like, where his allegiances lie. Yep. Like, we can see through it as audience members. 
but like he does, he does this well enough for it to be disorienting. Like, I agree. Like, dude's a damn good like actor. He's like, he, awesome. Like he might singer, be as we singer. Heard. Like he might be like in terms of actors, like one of the best currently in yeah. AEW. And again, he's yeah. a pretty dang good wrestler too. Yeah. We don't get to see it a lot, but yeah, I mean, as we know, the future sky's the limit for yep. him. Match number five, Pip. Penelope Ford defeats Layla Hirsch in eight minutes five seconds. Picture, we... picture, and picture Ford. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Beautiful picture and picture. We get our first sauna. Put that cigarette out, Put Ford. Put that cigarette out. <laughs> We get our first sign of Charles Taylor, the yes. butler here, which we learn is going to culminate at Beach Break, so it's only going to be a few weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into it a little more, but it was all kind of lame, and they could have done more. But, um, you know, when we've seen Layla Hurst, she's good. She's tiny, but she can, she can work. She's got some good submission moves, some good movement. Um, I did note that, and this is no disrespect, this is just kind of how the show's gone each of the last two weeks is, you know, the women have kind of had a the quote-unquote popcorn match as a term. Like, it's a match where everyone's anticipating the main event. Right. You know, just not a lot of excitement. So I want to see the women's matches be put in more prominent positions, which has happened, well, but the last two weeks they've kind of well, slid well, and under. And unfortunately, the, the week before that, too, that was, you know, uh, Sheeta and Zombie Lady. Yeah. And like which that... Which was okay. Yeah, and that was ultimately, like, from what they built up... weird. And what, what I've come to expect out of, like, Sheeta, that was kind of a disappointing match. I think Zombie Lady's gimmick kind of brought that down a little bit in uh -huh. my opinion yeah you know them having to be like oh we got to make her weird yeah you know yeah but yeah i mean i think the Britt baker thunder rosa will kind of yes. give some yes. energy and yes. life back into the division yeah. we've got chris statlander coming back you know I, the future is there but mm -hmm. anyway um you know penelope hits a pump kick i don't even know how it ended because i think i was out of the she room a but pip, a pip kick. <laughs> yeah pip kick mm -hmm. but uh here comes miro and his bright blue vibrant jumpsuit continuing that theme mm -hmm. and uh, he tells Charles Taylor that he must tell that George Michael wannabe, meaning Orange Cassidy, that Miro is now his best friend. And, like, it was just pretty stupid. Yeah, I got wrote here, not that humiliating. It was lame. Lame, waste of Chuck's character. Yeah. Those were the things. And, like, it's not Chuck's fault. I think it's Miro's fault. Yeah. Miro is middle C. Yeah. You know, like I said last time, he just hits... Well, that one note, and it's like he's he's funny when he's like very physical, uh -huh. like he's very physically funny. But then when he has to talk and come up with like clever things, yep, like when it's it, it's it's a little bunky. It's a shame yeah. because he I know he's better than this, and he just hasn't been booked well since coming into right. AEW. Right, yeah, that's what you and Azar were saying. And, yeah. yeah, Azar made a great point. Is like he got here after Lance Archer, after Eddie Kingston, like. After this wave of guys coming from the outside, that the timing just wasn't great. Right. I still think Miro has a bright future in AEW, but I want to see him in better angles and more high-profile matches. Yeah, this whole video gamey thing, I think, you know. Lame. I can take it or leave it, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we shall see. Um, and then we go backstage with the Good Brothers just beating the shit out of Pentagon. Uh, Kenny joins in, end up choking him with a cable uh kenny was like shoving a boot in his face yeah. and dan Callis is like that's what the cleaner does mm. um and yeah that's when we kind of learned that the uh, the main event during beach break why it's pack phoenix and um moxley yeah uh, and that, yeah. that's gonna be a, like gonna like, be awesome. like just to sit down yeah that's gonna be a fun ass man oh yeah like, that's gonna have everything oh that's yeah. gonna have high flying stuff and that's gonna have we'll like bruises posted at a fire and yeah red, yeah so. and i mean like obviously like hit watch is gonna have a <laughs> lot to like consider there yeah like god damn mm, mm, mm. yes sir and real quick note here uh we we're getting our 
women's world champion eliminator tournament. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I forgot to so yeah, that should be building some excitement as well. I don't know if they announced dates on that, but that should be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. And we head into the main event of the, the evening. The, the plot match. The plot match of, all, of the of, plot show. Yes. yes, yes. Or as we'll just refer to it, the plot. The plot. Itself. Which has been thickened. Oh, yeah. And we have like the lard. inner circle battle. Chris Jericho and MJF defeat Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara and Santana and Ortiz in 12 minutes, 38 seconds. And in a mat, in a show, again, as we've touted, plot, 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 there hasn't been a lot of great matches, but this one hit for me. I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was, you know, blocked and organized, you know, pretty well. Sammy um, Guevara no, looked like a star baby face, you know, he again did. in this he match. He did, and, and even, you know, Jericho seemed to be okay in the beginning. You know, he looked yeah. bad on that line. I mean, remember, Rich is like, I would pay however much to see Jericho do a backflip. And he did. And he and botched was... the lion saw it. It's like, yeah. but yeah, he didn't look too terrible. But, you know, again, in tag matches, you can kind of hide that. But he did get a lot of action early yep. on. Um, Jake Hager looked good at his moments. Oh, yeah. He definitely looked cleaned house. Like, yeah. he had a sweet double clothesline on Santana and Ortiz. I mean, he's trying to get championships. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 like, and, like, that, like, made me, like, kind of... I guess that this was my first time I've seen him as a wrestler and been like, yeah, like that was pretty good. Yeah, v- looked- versus the match against Wardlow, which I thought, you know, his showing was kind of stinky. For sure. They kind of weak. Yep. But yeah, honestly, there was so much going on at the end of the match. It was hard to keep up. There was so many good Sammy Guevara things. He hit, you know, a corkscrew plancha, a reverse run, a one-man Spanish fly. I think he did like a swanton at one point. Uh, Swan- they got the, the swanton kind of the fl- <laughs> Yeah. Um, it was wild, but yeah, I just had a flurry of chaos and then MJF ended up, uh, rolling up Sammy, grabbed the tights, got yeah. the one, two, three. Well, and, and before that too, um, so yeah, Sammy goes. had him picked up, you know, he, oh, he was yeah. holding him and then you see Wardlow coming in because Wardlow's right. not been in this match. Yes. Good call. And, and then, um, he brings, and he uses MJF to knock Wardlow out because yep. you think that Wardlow's going to be the interference yep. that's going to let him win. But then MJF, like being crafty, does that kind of like roll up, roll him up, that roll up cheap, quick pin so, at the yeah, very end. Grabbing the tights is a classic heel wrestling thing. Like that's supposed to give you more leverage. Yeah, yeah. When that you know the match ended at like ten oh one, so we knew it was going to be. So it was like MJF wins, and immediately JR's like, "What the hell just happened?" And then they went off the and, air, and then they cut. You know that that was a cliffhanger plot match. Plot very show. Much yeah. Uh, you know, we referenced last night our guy Greg Goldman and said something about this being one of the worst episodes of Dynamite ever. And, you know, in thinking about it, this was definitely a below average Dynamite. However, you know, I was still very entertained yeah. throughout the night. And I think we have just been spoiled as wrestling fans to have such good yeah. weekly shows. Like, this would have kicked the shit out of a Raw or SmackDown from 2012, 13, 14, whatever, you know, now. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So, but yeah, fun, fun stuff, you know, not the best episode in the world, but, uh, but, but, know, but, but great teaming us up for a beach break in be- two beach, weeks. Beach break. We got to find out what the matches are. BBB so. Live coming yes. as well. But, Listen uh, to it. Yep. We demand you. What burns my ass, ass? Ouchie. Ouchie, garouchie. 
Um, I'll get to mine real quick because we kind of talked about it a little bit, but it's just Miro and the booking of him being poor. Um, you know, like I talked about, like I was very excited when he came in and, you know, we saw him do a lot of good stuff as Rusev in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, AEW in general, their booking is always better than WWE's, but they don't hit it every time. That's a fact. But this has been a miss for me. Pretty much from the get-go. I mean, like, as we've said, Miro's had some good moments and some funny moments. Right. But that middle C is missing way more than it's hitting for me. Sour. And I think there was a lot of potential with this Charles, Charles Taylor stuff. But, boy, it couldn't have fallen any more flat. Yeah, you know, I think, like, they're going to have to really go out of their way to kind of make that pop. Because I just don't think Miro is, like, that character. That character's not really going to get the most that you can get out of that and make it fun. And it just wasn't yeah. compelling or interesting and just not great. But we'll see where it goes when uh, Kick and Pip get married. Yep, the wedding. What do you got? What burnt you this week? Um, So, um, I think I came to realize this week that, like, you know, like... I feel like everybody decides to go to one. If if you're gonna go get fast food for dinner, everybody goes to one place. Yeah. You know, it's not spread out amongst like McDonald's or Taco Bell or, or Burger King or Wendy's or, or or KFC or wherever. So the other night it was it was Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Like I go there, it's eleven cars deep. Teebs. Yeah, I wait there for three minutes. I have, uh, you know, I'm not a very patient person. Obviously. And you're hungry. I'm hungry. Like Johnny. It's extraordinarily hungry and. Uh, it line doesn't move, so I turn around to go to Gold Star to get some dogs. You gotta love it. Only person in line. Woo! Like, on, like I on, mean, I'll tell you what, that Gold Star is always good yeah, for that. Like, if you need to make a move, yeah. it's always it, there it, for it, you. It's right there. It's perfect. And uh, some uh, Gold Star yeah. Cincinnati chili. Yeah, Gold Star <laughs> Cincinnati chili. And <laughs> and like, what is up? Like, because you notice people like they stand there like when they're at the ordering screen and they're there forever. And you can see them leaning out the door and they just keep talking and talking. Because usually my order, I know it. Mm-hmm. I try to say it as clearly. It pops up. Thank you. See you in a second. Yep. And, like, people are there having a fucking Socratic dialogue. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> what are you people talking about? And, like, and I know people know what I'm talking about. You know? And if you're one of those people, like, tweet me and explain, like, like what's going on so I can sympathize. Because I don't want to be a judgmental prick. But I am being one. So make me stop being one. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know what, Beaumont? Before we get into if you recall in the cans, I'm going to take a little piss here, yeah. and uh, we'll resume. All right, excellent. Like, who's who's who? Was, like, is this movie made for? This movie is fucked. Like, like they just want to watch people just get routinely humiliated. Like, who? Like, like, like who is this movie made for? Like, because it's not made for kids. Jobbers. Like, like maybe you go watch it when you're a teenager, like teenage boys. It's just had like like a comedy with the same like um, audience as Transformers, you know. It's just sad. <laughs> really. Terrible. Like God. Like like seriously for teenagers. Like if I'm in college and going to see this. Like, could you imagine, like, the crew of dudes who's like, yeah, in college, like, yeah, let's go, like, catch a movie. Like, let's go see this. Like, like who is this? You Snapchat? Yeah. Like, those people who stormed the Capitol today, I bet they go see this. I bet they're like, oh, yeah, you know. The Book of Turner. Commercials. One. Blessed are they who do not change the channel at the site of a commercial break. For through them, ratings blossom and revenue flows. 
and like the cool, clear waters of the river of profit, they who do not change the channel are those pure of heart and soul, and it is they who inherit the kingdom of Ted. Not so are they who change the channel, the wicked, the faithless, they who forsake the laws of television, who like husks are blown away by the wind at a single hiss of static. For Ted watches over the way of the righteous and stands in judgment of the wicked. What are you doing? Oh, no. Uh, I'm... Okay. Like, Put it down. Like, 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 what like, the fuck? Like, I had to check it out. Like, you know. No. Like, 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 like we'll cut it. We'll cut it. Yes. I promise we'll please. cut it. Please. I promise we'll cut it. Okay. God. All right. Sorry. It is interesting, though. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have to give it a read. I don't want to. Let me uh, get this mic you're, back you're, on. You're, Jeez. You're lost, man. You're lost. If you recall. We head back to Royal Rumble 1992, my favorite Royal Rumble ever. Knickerbocker and, Arena, Albany, New York. That's right. And yep. the first Royal Rumble that is for the coveted WWF Championship, which was vacant. And you cannot mistake the stakes. No, you cannot. And it's put that cigarette out. Oh. <laughs> so it started with British Bulldog <laughs> and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, is number one and two. But we learn very quickly, Beaumont, how this story is going to go when Ric Flair comes in at number three and Bobby Heenan is, you know, he's affiliated with Ric Flair. He's, I guess, his manager or whatever. But he's like, damn it! And he's like, I can't be objective. And, you know, he's just so good on commentary yeah, the, yeah. Whole, and, and the like, whole time. And very quickly we know it's they're going to be the Ric Flair show. That's correct. And one thing I'm kind of curious about, like, is there a Royal Rumble other than this where it's been so centered around one character? I mean, there have, not to this point, for okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and really, from this degree beginning to end, I mean, there's been a couple because there's been other people that have won it from that early. Like, yeah. uh, Rey Mysterio wanted it number two. Shawn Michaels wanted it number one. Chris Benoit wanted it number one. So, like, but up until this point, absolutely not. And I think none of those are done as well as this one with the right. commentary and the title being and, on the line. And this was done well. It was very cla classically done. Like, a cla yeah. you know, it has that feel. And, like, Heenan the whole time just like, this is not fair to Flair. And Gorilla Monsoon, the play-by-play -play guy, basically saying, you know, over and over again, nobody who's drawn numbers one through five has ever been there. Just driving T that teeing in. Teeing it up, like bringing up constantly like the longest anyone's ever been in a Royal Rumble. Yep. Like how, however Which long they've Rick lasted. Which was Rick Martell at about 52 minutes Yeah, prior. yeah. So, so they're, they're kind of teeing up like these sort of like Will it happen? Will it happen? Will it and happen? And how many yeah. times does Flair just get like halfway thrown over the rope, mm. dangling, as I like to call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the, the dangling. Probably uh, 15 different times the dangling throughout the match. participle, man, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, British Bulldog kind of dominated early with three eliminations. Um, you know, a lot of star power in this match. You get early career Shawn Michaels, early career Undertaker. Uh, we'll talk about it a little more at the end who's there, but we have Big Boss Man, Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Macho Man. So, you know, just good stuff. And the flare thread just runs through the it entire does. thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's good that they centered around that one guy because, like, I guess I can't, don't really know what the climate was back then for mm -hmm. that. But, I mean, I'm sure people loved, you know, like like Hogan was probably the most popular. Oh, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, you yeah, could tell yeah. Flair was a big heel. Yeah, so. yeah. But, but like, you know, for them to make that decision to center it around him, I think 
gave the match like a fulcrum. Yeah. Like, you know, absolutely. something to kind of pivot around. Always to, come to, back to, to that. To ground it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's what made it so good is like from the get-go, that was established. Exactly. And kept hitting it and kept hitting it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but kind of before we get to the ending here, but like, I would, what are your kind of observations of this in general? The fighting was better than SummerSlam 89 for being a golden... Era, yeah. Golden Age of Goldman Age of Wrestling, and this is kind of the tail end of that yeah. era. You know, ninety three yeah. kind of steers yeah. us into the, the new generation. Yeah, they they seem to let things get chaotic, and then there would be like a clearing out, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a pretty good move. Yeah, it got down to just like Flair versus Big Boss Man, and I had a note here that Heenan's like, "I need oxygen," yeah. and so many times, he's <laughs> so like, many I'm, to- I'm soaking wet, I'm soaking right wet, now. I'm dripping. Yeah, and um, uh, more gimmicks, very cartoonish. I, I wrote Halloween costumish, like, like the Repo like, Man. Yeah, 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 it did have that kind of like Halloween costume yeah. ch- cheapness to it. Like, like, but it wasn't cheap. It was in a big arena. But yeah. like, you know, they, the they, Knickerbocker. Yeah, arena. yeah, they they leaned into that cheapness. Did you um, have any spe- you know particular favorite gimmicks or favorite moments or kind of anything that stuck out to you aside from ob- the obvious uh, flair narrative? Uh, the flarative. Yeah, the, uh, the ending I enjoyed. I like the tax guy. The tax oh, guy, Erwin uh, R. Yeah. Scheister. There it is. Um, you know, he kind of stayed in there for quite some time. I think he got pulled sometimes. out by the tie by Roddy Piper. He did, he did, which which, which makes perfect sense. Um, the berserker wearing his Barney Rubble outfit. Yeah, and kind of coming yeah, down like, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and then Macho Man, like you said, changing colors again, purple and yellow. Oh, and uh, eliminating himself, yeah. but that was clearly and coming an back in, and, yeah. And came back in and lasted until the final four, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about the cyclical nature of wrestling from flamboyant, boyant, flamboyant and colorful <laughs> to, 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 to dark and masculine. This was firmly in flamboyant, oh, and, yeah. and it leaned into that, and, and it worked out well. And obviously the end, where there was just a lot of, like, fun, quick eliminations and twists and turns, and, and you knew Flair was going to be at the center of it, but how the pieces around him kind of moved at the end I thought was intriguing before we get to that just a couple more Heenan Bobby Heenan lines like he's pleading at some you know at these points he's like if Flair wins I promise I'll never do anything wrong again like says that multiple times just so good and that helps the match so much and then Undertaker comes out and right. he's choking him in the corner. He's like, everything is down the toilet. And, and Undertaker know. has curly hair. Yeah. Like that curly 80s hair, which I thought looked pretty goofy yeah. on his costume, other than like the packed, stringy, long hair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But yeah, the final four were Sid Justice, Macho Man, Hogan, and Flair. Which this was interesting how like these guys got lopped off. This yeah. is where it got creative and unique. Yeah, I so Flair kind of pushed and eliminated Macho Man. And it all happened quick, like you said. Flair eliminated Macho Man, and then Sid kind of sneakily dumped Hogan, and then Hogan is like, oh, what the heck? And, like, he's just standing there, and Sid's talking shit, and Flair's just kind of leaning behind. I knew it's shot well. You see him coming. And Hogan grabs Sid's arm, and he's, like, jerking him down, and then Flair dumps him over, and that is that. That's that. And, like, you know, it was great. He goes pretty much wall-to-wall. It's obviously telegraphed for Flair to win. It's set up. But in no way, shape, or form, that in the commentary made it any less dramatic. And back- like, for him dangling there so many times in, like, the same corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, you know, the, like, middle C. Yeah. Like, like, like it, it, it hit middle C as, as played, well as you could. Yeah, played yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the, fr- the wonderful promo <laughs> after... 
and Flair with a tear in my eye, which there wasn't. Yeah, not this at is all. the greatest moment of my life. And he ends up saying, when you are the king of the WWF, you rule the world. <laughs> and he goes, Just he insanity. Says, he says, this, <laughs> this title is the only one in the world that makes you number one. <laughs> but, but but don't all titles make you number yeah. one? So a lot of redundancy. A yeah. lot of like circular logic. He's yeah. Um, but then we get the crowning moment of it all. The jewel. Mid-interview where Mean Gene, to someone off camera, just out of the blue, is like, put that cigarette out. Put that cigarette <laughs> out. Put that cigarette out. Just so good. Yeah, just like, you know, like stops whatever he's doing. You know, like, and it's not in character at all. You don't see the effect no. of it, but just like snap, like, you know, like an alligator at him. Good stuff. All right, so, uh. Cans. Cans. Star Wars Mountain Dew. All right, so we're taking. Jobberville. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're taking a right or a left turn, you know, off of, Lane. off of uh, Mainstream Highway, <laughs> heading down Jobber Lane. Let's do it. All right. We didn't even, I don't even think we teed these up in the beginning of the no, show. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, no, we did not. So they will be teed up now. Right now. On the 18th hole. <laughs> Number 13, Captain Panaka. Yeah, there Mountain he is. Mountain Dew. So we're still on Mountain Dew. You know what his first name is? God, please tell me. Korsh. How's that Cap spelled? Q-U-A-R-S-H. What that's Captain Korsh Panaka from Naboo. Of course. Um, he becomes head of security of the Royal House of Naboo, where he serves Queen Amidala. Of course, the Trade Federation invades Naboo. It was his idea, actually, that they have a decoy queen. Mm, I did not know yes, that. I, yes. I don't believe it's mentioned in the films. Okay. But yeah, it's a Wikipedia, it's a canon that? thing. He comes up with the idea to conceal Padme with the decoy mm. queen. So, you know, that's that's pretty slick. Mm -hmm. um, so um, he, they're captured during the Trade Federation invasion, um, rescued by the Jedi where they escape to Tatooine where he protests. He's like, the you know, the princess can't go there. The huts are gangsters. <laughs> When he's referring to the, the, the huts. I remember that, you know, yeah. So, like, they go there, they pick up Anakin, her future husband, so it turned out well for her, so screw you, Captain Panaka. Um, he, they go to Coruscant. Ah, welcome. Um, welcome. Where, um, he argues that the queen should stay there, so he's always kind of the naysayer to the Jedis, yeah. and the Jedis have to be like, no, shut up, you're not a main character. <laughs> and um, he's a bit of a stiffler, so they return to Naboo, where he's involved in the scene in Theed, the capital city, where mm -hmm. they retake the, the royal palace, um, they catch the Viceroy, and he tells him to kiss your Trade Federation goodbye. Puta, puta. All right, so, um, but actually his um, his history after that, you would think he's one of those Star Wars characters that just fades out. Mm -hmm. But, um, and he doesn't really have a big role to play, I think, in any books or comics. But after the Clone Wars, he becomes an Imperial Moth. Which, I don't know if you're familiar with the rank of Moff. Mm -mm. Well, you know the villain in The Mandalorian is Moff, Moff Gideon. Gideon. And yeah. so Moff is not a name, it's a rank. Okay. Remember the old guy on the Death Star, Grand Moff Tarkin? Yes. Yeah, so yes. he's the only person to ever attain the rank of Grand Moff. So I did not know that. A Moff is a governor of a sector of space. Okay. Alright, so and the reason he's made a Moff is because after the rise of the Empire, he remains loyal to Palpatine, who he knew from his time as the senator of Naboo. So like Ooh. all these other people on Naboo who were part of the good guys, mm. you know, in the, in the sequel trilogy, or the prequel trilogy, you know, obviously are against the emperor, but Captain Panaka stays loyal, mm. all right? He actually builds a golden statue of Palpatine in Naboo. Wow. You know, to give to How him. about that? Um, but he finds out that Leia Organa, who she is, you know, currently the adopted, is supposed to be the adopted daughter of Senator Bail Organa, um, he finds out that she's Padme and Anakin's daughter. He finds out that that um, she's their daughter. 
Um, but before he can do that, he's killed by a guy named Saul Guerrera. Who have you seen Rogue One? I have, but I don't remember it's it very Forrest well. It's Forrest Whitaker's character, that old okay. guy in the big suit. Yeah, it was I need Saul, to watch that one again. Yeah, yeah Saul Guerrero kills him with the bomb before he can tell Emperor Palpatine. Dope. So that's the end of uh, Quarsh Panaka's story. So who is Quarshi Panaka E? Wardlow. Interesting. So when I actually shit me a brick, he, that is MJF's yeah. protector. He's wow. been very loyal to MJF. Did, did you look up that he was, um, you know, loyal to Palpatine and becomes a mom? Mm-mm, no. Oh all, my God! Really? All I looked up was that protector, and you know, th- and like, and like this fits <laughs> way better than you realize now. It, well, yeah, exactly. Like, like, like I was just like, kind of looking like at it as like a bodyguard type, yeah. which he certainly is. Yeah. And Wardlow has been pretty slick and. Wow. Uh, uh, obviously, he's not really like a naysayer or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, this one was tough initially. But when I just did a quick Google of Captain Panaka, I'm like, ah, oh, Wardlow. Yeah. So yeah. And like the and the whole thing with him becoming a moth and staying loyal to him. Yeah. Like that's and wow. I, you know, that's I do. Man, I do. That's some think, galaxy brain <laughs> shit, dog. Yeah. I do think Wardlow is going to like face off against MJF oh, at, at some, some point. point yeah. But to this point, you know, it kind of fit pretty well. All right. Let's go, baby. All right, so um, second house down Jobber Lane. Number 14, Rune Hako. Let's go, baby. All right, so Viceroy Newt Gunray's right-hand man in the Trade Federation. He's a Nemoidian, oh. which is that the, the same race that all the Trade Federation people are. Uh-huh. Um, he's famous for saying the quote, whenever the Jedi are fighting their way through the ship, there are two of them. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what like, about I, like, I gotta point them out yeah. on their big Well, what screen. about also in that... <laughs> oh, with the... <laughs> with the glasses. Yeah. With that like, like, it's like a big, like, breathing apparatus, yeah. too. Like, what does he need it for? Um, so he helps facilitate the Viceroy and Darsidious' plans during the Trade Federation in Naboo. Um... So obviously that fails. He's part of the trials, mm. you know, that he goes through for seven years in the courts. <laughs> sure but you know, he um, and Newt Gunray, who remains the viceroy of yeah. the Trade Federation, as CEO Biddle, yeah, to CEO so, Biddle's disbelief. CEO Biddle, <laughs> the 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 CEO Biddle's disbelief. <laughs> so during the Separatist <laughs> crisis, he's next seen in Episode Two, where he and Viceroy Gunray um, join up with Count Dooku. And the Confederacy of Independent Systems. And on Geonosis, where they're there for the big Jedi battle with the clones for the the first battle of the Clone Wars. They're seen watching the arena battle high above. They kind of escape because they're jobbers at that point. Um, and so the last thing that happens is at the very end of Episode 3, Darth Sidious, as Order 66 is going down, he relocates the Separatist leaders to Mustafar, um, promising them peace that the Clone Wars are going to be over, but it's a trick. Because he sends the newly christened Darth Vader there mm. to slaughter him and the mm. remaining Separatist leaders, bringing an end to the Clone Wars at that exact moment. That's oftentimes mm. considered the very end of the Clone Wars, the death of the Separatist leaders okay. on Mustafar in that facility. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, who is Rune Ha Ko? And Azar is going to love this one. Matt Jackson <laughs> of the Young Bucks. So. So, 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 so the Young Bucks, you know. Like, so here, let me right, let right. me explain the logic here. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, obviously the Young Bucks needed to be in this. They're EVPs of the company. They're a huge part. You know, it had to be some sort of team. 
Um, and when I when we recently watched episode one, because I hadn't seen it in so long, I was actually under the impression that the Viceroy was both Newt Gunray and Rune Hako, mm-hmm. as opposed to just Newt Gunray. So I'm like, oh, they're a tag team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the way it should be is with Matt being the older brother and the lead, you know, the quote-unquote leader, like you'd think he should be Newt Gunray, the Viceroy. But I flipped it uh, because I, th- I like Nick Jackson better. And, right. Uh, Azar, as we said, hates Matt Jackson, so this is kind of a little homage to him. But, uh, yeah, this obviously gives away who Newt Gunray is going to be. And, it, you know, this was a tough one to pick, but just had to had to get the Young Bucks yeah, in there. Yeah, and they're like one of the only ones. I mean, you could have picked the Battle Droid and the Destroyer Droid, but the, I think yeah. the Battle Droid sucks worse than the Viceroy. Yeah, I mean, it, the, it, yeah. It, was, it was fun. Yeah, so, no, I think, I think that's a good pick. <sighs> I think that kind of tees it up. So, uh, next... Welcome we, to Coruscant. Well, we are officially welcome to Coruscant because next we have number fifteen. Our boy Rick Ole. There, he, that little droid did it. He did it. And then number sixteen, the Destroyer Droid, which yeah. actually the Destroyer Droid's pretty cool. That'll be an interesting one to pick. Like, like too. Spe- speaking of plot match, they are a big plot device, which we'll talk about next week. Heck but uh, yeah. and we end Mountain Dew, and then we move on to the women who like you know Diet give it give, give us a relief from Jobber Lane, and yeah. then. Pepsi One. Pepsi One, which is like deep, deep, deep down the subdivision. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Wonderful. All right, Beaumont. Uh, it's been another uh, fun one here. Yeah, it's been. A, okay, so, all right, I've been wanting to ask you this, you know, ever since you went to the bathroom after yeah. it burns my ass. Okay, and, and you're going to be pissed. Oh, shit. I, there's something marked in here. What? No, not yeah, yeah, Book of there, there is. Okay, so no, can you no, can, can no. you please? Can you please? No. Okay. Please, just just let me talk. Okay, so. We'll edit it out. People are into this. People are curious where this is going. Just post it on Twitter then. I don't need it. It doesn't need to be in the show. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's going to, like, like, give, like, let's, like, you know, like, give the people on Twitter what they want. All right. Give the execs what they want. All right. Can you just give me this one chance? I will. All right, here we go. Yes. All right. This is the only Mark thing. You got it. All right. The Book of Turner, Second Coaxial, Chapter 1. After the first and its progeny had resettled the television landscape, it was canceled when it had aired for 18,000 time slots. In the time slots after, television became a world of many original programming. And they said to each other, Come, let us build ourselves a satellite that reaches the heavens, that will broadcast our programming. It will broadcast our programming in one channel to all televisions. Otherwise, we will all be scattered over the television landscape. But Ted came down from the heavens to see the satellite they were building, and he said, if they believe as one channel they can reach all televisions, then their hubris will prevent competition among networks. Come, let us go down and confuse their broadcasts so they will not understand each other. So Ted struck down the satellite with lightning and no longer did all programming try to exist under one channel. All right, enough. Close it. Give that to me right now. All right. Okay. All right. Fine. Give it to me. Fine. We're done. Fine. We're done.
take a red out. Is a disgusting act.